T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. With the evil Yankees twirling their mustaches and cackling maniacally, it's set up to be a hailstorm of humiliation for the Boston Red Sox over the weekend. They'd already lost a couple games to the hated Yankees. David Price going to the mound on Sunday. He can't do a thing on the Yankee Stadium mound, right? Right? Uh, no, David Price was really good. And the Red Sox, thankfully, get an 8-5 to win on Sunday Night Baseball. Boy, did they need that. So they're above 500. We break it down. The weekend that was in the Bronx, this is Sox Daily. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Sox are doing. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. Oh, it's your Daily Sox Podcast. And here's your host, Josh Lewis. It had a chance to be, as Churchill said after Munich, a total and unmitigated defeat. The Red Sox were looking at a three-game sweep at the hands of the New York Yankees and maybe being ten and a half games out as they're not even at 60 games played this year. Josh Lewin with you. Would it get to that? No, it would not get to that. And yeah, David Price in part, you can thank for that. We'll get to all of that in just a moment. Want to back it up though a little bit. Take you all the way back to uh, well, what didn't happen. Thursday there was no game. There was a rain out. Friday, uh, you had a chance for Chris Sale to leave a nice impression, but uh, he did not win. It was a 4-1 to one loss. Aaron Hicks had the big hit off him. DJ LeMahieu had a nice game. Sale, just one win now in his last 16 starts. You know, last year he lost four times in 27 starts. This year at seven losses in 12 starts. He's the only American League pitcher with seven losses. That's just absolutely amazing. Saturday, you're looking for the bounce back. Rick Porcello didn't pitch badly but he didn't pitch great either, and the Yankees won that game 5-3. to three. Gary Sanchez one-handed a home run out to right field. If ever there was a 2019 home run, that sure looked like it. Porcello, who had been 7-1 and one in his last eight starts, or at least the Sox had been 7-1 and one in those last eight starts, probably deserved a better fate, but that two-run home run, his undoing. There was also a getting bled to death second inning, five singles against him, chasing home three runs. Red Sox did get a home run from Xander Bogarts. In fact, he was a triple shy of the cycle, which is not uncommon. If you ever hear anybody say somebody's a triple shy of the cycle, it's not a big deal. It happens about 170 times a year in Major League Baseball or basically once a day. I'm not trying to minimize it, but I'm just, you know, just kind of putting that out there. Was a three-hit game for Bogarts, but a 5-3 final. The Yankees taking advantage of the Red Sox inability to hit with men on base. And in fact, in four games at that point against the Yankees this year, two for 22 with runners in scoring position, both of the hits from Sandy Leone, of all people. Yeah, he was three for three in that Saturday night game. And then Christian Vasquez pinch hit for him late, rolled into a double play. J.D. Martinez also rolled into a double play in the ninth when they really did have a shot against Roldis Chapman. He was not throwing the ball well, but that double play was a killer. Five to three, the final. And the Yankees would get five on Sunday as well, 
But the preponderance of those were after the Red Sox had already kind of wrapped things up. Let's do a deeper dive into the Sunday game. Fascinating matchup. Price and Sabathia, 394 regular season wins between them. Cy Young Award winning lefties and close friends. Close to 5,000 strikeouts between them. And, you know, the story goes way back with these fellas. In, in 2008, when Price made his big league debut with the Rays, Sabathia tracked down Price's cell number, reached out to him con- to uh, congratulate him on his debut. He had found his former Cleveland teammate, Jensen Lewis, who had pitched with Price at Vanderbilt. And that effort made a lasting impression because Price, you might have heard, last time he had pitched matchup against the rookie for Cleveland, Zach Plesak, well, he paid that forward. He did exactly the same thing. He actually did it a little better. He left a personalized handwritten note in Plesak's locker, essentially saying, welcome to the show. If there's anything I can ever do for you, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, Sabathia's always had kind of this big brother, little brother thing with Price. And Price has talked about that kinship. They're, they're two veteran competitors. They love the challenge of pitching in general, but certainly against each other. And, and for Price, he knew what this was, a return to the Yankee Stadium mound where he had been 0-6 with a 9.79 ERA as a starter in a Boston uniform. 13 home runs allowed on the Yankee Stadium mound in 30 innings. Gary Sanchez, <laughs> 7 out of 14 with 6 home runs. Lifetime against David Price with Price in a Red Sox uniform. So kind of the, the last box to check for David Price beating the Yankees on this mound in a Red Sox uniform. And let's not forget here, Price has been the best starter the Red Sox have had this year. 2.80 RA, it leads the staff. He should probably be an all-star this year. His four May starts, he had a 153 ERA, came into this one having not allowed a run in his last 12 innings. And boy, he stuck the landing in the bottom of the first, just a 10-pitch inning. Two guys who had creamed him before, Voigt and Sanchez, couldn't get the ball out of the infield. In fact, he got Sanchez on a little comeback or on a good low changeup. This was after J.D. Martinez hit a homered with two out in the top of the first inning, and I thought that was big, too. J.D. had been one for his last 15, had been moving pretty robotically. He says his back is fine, but just watching him, you don't know. You've already got Moreland parked on the I.L. with a back thing, Pierce on the I.L. with a back thing, and I, I think Joe Castiglione and I were both looking at Martinez Saturday just hoping, please, not another guy. And who, who's that important with, with a back thing? Well, he took a big, healthy cut against C.C. Sabathia in the first inning. Out it went. And big C.C., he had allowed 11 home runs in his last 31 innings. So that kind of played right to that. Red Sox grab a one nothing lead. They'd open it to 2 nothing in the second. Eduardo Nunez, a little chopper in the right with a couple on. But then Nunez doing a, another rookie mistake thing, which, which should not be something that a 30-year-old veteran does. I mean, he's been in the league now for parts of nine years. He got picked off at second base in the game on Friday. That was very costly. In the second inning, he tried to zoom on into second base on on a ball that really, I mean, he had no business trying to get to second base on. He gets thrown out, and then when Sam Travis strikes out, the inning fizzles. You get just the one run instead of much more. That's been one of the big things with the Red Sox this year compared to last Last year's threes and fours have basically been this year's ones and twos. They've been settling for low-scoring innings, and they did a lot of that again in this Sunday game. In fact, they had just the one run in the fourth inning. That came on a home run as well. Xander Bogarts, his second in as many nights, this one a 414-foot shot. We're going to hear from Xander in a bit. And he's really, really rolling now. Two more hits in this game. He is now 12 for his last 26 he had not ever done well against Sabathia, 5 for 34 a lifetime, but drilled that one 414 feet, 
And that is now nine home runs in his last 25 games. Bogarts has an OPS of 936. That is 19th best in the major leagues. That is better than Mookie, who's at 49th. It is better than J.D. Martinez, who's at 39th. And, you know, we talk a lot about Devers, and rightfully so. Let's not go to sleep on Xander Bogarts. He's been a very important part of what is now a one-game over 500 team at 30-29. and 29. Yankees come back, though. They get two in the bottom of the fourth. And speaking of Devers, he had a terrific play to rob D.J. LeMahieu. D.J. trying to turn out another hit, so to speak, and uh, Devers would have none of it. And when Luke Voigt homered on the very next pitch, you're saying, well, thank you. That wasn't a two-run home run. Three straight singles followed that. Price had actually set down 10 in a row, but it went homer, single, 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 sack, fly. And all of a sudden, it's 3-2. to two. With Clint Frazier at the plate, 0-2 the count on him. And I guess Aaron Boone's thinking this is not looking like anything good is going to happen. He calls for that delayed double steal, tries to get the Red Sox to do something goofy, like throw the ball away. A very disciplined play as the Red Sox pull it off on the Aaron Hicks attempted steal of home on that designed play. Score it two to four to three to two to five to one. A, a very exhausting rundown, but they pulled it off. And yes, David Price tagging out Aaron Hicks at the plate to keep it three to two. A critical, critical play in the game. Red Sox end up getting six and a third out of Price. Six hits, two runs, just one walk, six strikeouts. And as I said on the air, that's not a monkey off his back. That's a whole zoo because everybody was waiting for David Price to come to Yankee Stadium and stink it up. Red Sox would have been swept, and that would have been only their second time getting swept in a three- or four-game series in the last 72 opportunities. It was up to David Price to get it done, and he did. One thing that the Red Sox kind of had in their back pocket in this game, you knew that the the very best of the Yankee bullpen was not going to be available. The Britons and the Ottavinos and the Chapmans, they had all pitched in the Friday and Saturday games. So it's almost like Aaron Boone went into this game kind of thinking, house money. Sabathia, I'll get five or six innings out of him. And that's what he got. He got six innings of three-run ball. CC wasn't that bad. But then Luis Sessa was a mess. He, uh, he gave up five hits, four runs in, in an inning. And he was not helped at all by Clint Frazier. We described Clint Frazier on the air as a catch-22 outfielder. That is, if you hit him 100 fly balls, yeah, he'll, he'll catch 22. And he had a couple of real issues in that seventh inning. He kicked one ball. He let another ball skip by him. Red Sox end up getting three runs in the inning. So all of a sudden, they're up 5-2. to two. Brock Holt came off the bench for an RBI. It's nice to have the Brock star back. Two more runs in the eighth inning. And again, both charged to Sessa. Once again, a terrible route taken by Frazier in right field. They started booing that kid. He's known as Red Thunder. Son of a fence salesman, of all things, back in Atlanta. And it looked like he wanted to just scale the fence and go home after that one. It ended up as a triple by Michael Chavis. The ball that kind of skidded by him in the right field corner. First career major league triple for Chavis, who ended up with two hits in the game and also made two really nice plays at first base, including a diving play when it was 5-2 to two and it looked like maybe the, the Yankees would pull off a comeback. But anyway, Chavis helping to make it 8-2. to two. Then it started raining. I mean, really raining, like a lot of hard rain. And it, it was interesting to see Matt Barnes just try to fight through it. I mean, poor Matt came in with a 1.99 ERA. He left that rain-soaked mound with a 3.04. It was three runs on one hit, a couple of walks and a balk. And again, Chavis helped him out. Made a nice play on a ball that pinballed off the bag at first, kept it in front of him. Could have been worse. It stayed 8-5. to five. Brandon Workman came on to work the ninth inning, and he gave up a leadoff hit, 
but that's pretty much where it stayed. As Chavis made another play, Brett Gardner struck out on a pitch he didn't like a real lot, and D.J. LeMahieu grounds out to Chavis to end it. So you get an 8-5 win, 8-13-1 for the Red Sox, 5-8-1 for the Yankees. Mention Xander Bogart's coming on, and he was our post-game guest after the win. All right, Xander Bogarts is with us. A long home run, Xander, but that hustle double that you hit in the eighth inning, sparking a two-run rally, proved to be so important in this game. Do you think double right out of the box? Oh uh, yeah, uh, I, I know I hit it. I mean, I hit it good, but I know I didn't. I didn't drive it to the gap or anything like that. So I felt it would have. It would have be still in front of Gardner, but but more towards the line. So I just out of the box, I was thinking two, and, and, and happy I got it. I want to ask you about the home run, if you don't mind, Xander. 414 feet, and it seems like a lot of them are going about that length of late. Uh, th- did you know it when you got it to make that sound off the bat? Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of I knew it. Uh, it was a tough pitch, man. It was a tough pitch. I just put a good swing on it, and I stayed on the ball pretty well. Uh, I think that, that that's what got me with that uh, homer right there because normally it could have just been an easy rollover. But stayed through that ball nicely, recognized it early, and put a good swing on it. Yeah, that was a breaking ball down and away, and you really uh, stayed back, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, as I said, I saw it. He threw me the first pitch that I had bad, a curveball, and, and, and for some reason I kind of recognized that one pretty good also, and I was like, I, th- I think that's the only reason I hit it well because uh, I recognized it early. What about David Price tonight? And, and I don't know if, if it's talked about at all by the players. I know the media makes such a big deal out of the fact that he hasn't won on this mound as a Red Sox, but it seems like you guys have supreme confidence in him every time. What, what did you see from David tonight? I mean, obviously, it was a big game today. We know, uh, we know how important it was for us to get a win right now, get an off day tomorrow, regroup, and, and go to Kansas City. Uh, I think he pitched phenomenal. I think he's been like that the whole year for us, very consistent on the mound. I mean, that's pretty much how he is. You know, his, his whole, whole career has been like that, one of the best pitchers in the game, and he showed it tonight. Well, Xander, uh, you just keep getting better and better. 18 doubles, second in the league. Now 30 extra base hits. So you're driving the ball and uh, Thank you. <laughs> doesn't bother you to be behind in the count. Uh, you get so many hits on 1-2 and 0-2. I and, try, man. I try. I try to put the ball in play, especially with two strikes. Don't try to do too much. Don't try to look for any homers because uh, uh, that's definitely how you'll get yourself out. Uh, I mean, I'm thankful. Uh, personally, things have been going well, but hopefully for the team, we can turn this around pretty quick because I think that's more important. Yes, indeed. Well, thanks so much, thanks, Xander. Guys. We'll see you on the plane. Thanks, Xander. All right, Xander Bogarts. Uh, All right, that's Bogarts, who batted cleanup. And the other news over the weekend, I guess, Betts leading off, Benny batting second, and that's now case closed. As Alex Cora has had a change of heart, he says that's going to be the way it goes the rest of the year. Ben Intendi's still having all kinds of first inning problems. He is three for 40 in first innings this year. Doesn't have a, an extra base hit. So Betts, who... who Frankly, hasn't been much better at the top of the order. At the very least, he will be at the top of the order now. He ended up 0 for 5 in the Sunday game and is strangely 1 for 19 against the Yankees this year. But no big whoop. Red Sox get the win they really did need to get because, as we mentioned, had they lost the game, you're looking at at 10.5 games out. And only one time in Red Sox history have they come back from 10 games back to end up in first place. That was the Morgan Magic season of 88 where Joe Morgan took over as manager. They won 19 out of 20 right away, 24 in a row at home before they were uh, swept by the A's in the ALCS. So that was also the summer of Margo Adams, by the way, if you, you want to take it there, but I, I guess we don't really need to. Uh, bottom line is that the Red Sox needed some, uh, whether it was Alex Cora magic or Michael Chavis diving around first base magic or Clint Frazier booting balls in right field magic, they needed a little something because... 
29-30 and 30 going to the off day it would have felt pretty lousy. And at least it doesn't come to that. So on we go to Kansas City, and the draft will take place on Monday. And don't have a lot of time to get to that right now, but uh, there's only a couple picks that will be made on Monday. We'll, we'll get more into the draft uh, on the next podcast. But, but the Red Sox will not pick until number 43. You can get value at 43. It's not impossible. Uh, Bob Nepper, who was a 43rd overall pick at one point. I mean, he was a pretty good pitcher for a good long time. Used to be they didn't cut the draft off until after uh, 50 rounds. It's now 40 rounds. And the Red Sox will have a lot of opportunities on day two and day three. But for Monday anyway, they're just looking at the 43rd and 69th overall picks. And they get to take a little rest. The Royals, the next opponent, they're only 19 and 40. And they're a mess. We'll dive in a little bit deeper on them once the series begins. But Glenn Sparkman, the right-hander who threw only one pitch last time out because he got ejected for beating Tim Anderson, he'll go against Eduardo Rodriguez, and you sure hope it's the good Eduardo to set a nice tone against a team that is 19-40. and 40. Red Sox now 30-29. and 29. I know that doesn't sound awesome because last year at this time they were 21 games over 500, not one game over 500. But you file it under, it sure could have been worse. If you let that one slip away when it started raining late, because it kind of reminded you of that Cleveland game that got away not too long ago. Yeah, we'd be having a whole different podcast right now. But Boston takes it by the final of 8-5, to and we sure appreciate you listening all the way through. This is Josh Lewin. Have yourself a wonderful day. Tell your friends all about it. We like to call this thing Sox Daily. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.